Our country's founders cherished liberty, not democracy. Ron Paul. An idea whose time has come cannot be stopped by any army or any government. The Other and Ron Paul Podcast starts now. Hello everyone, this is Dr. Howard Grattan, and I'm very sorry that there's been such a large and long hiatus between uh, this episode and the last one, and unfortunately this will be the final episode of the Honor and Ron Paul podcast. Instead of having the podcast just fade off into oblivion, I decided I would wrap it up in a nice little bow and kind of explain why... I took such a long break and why I'm deciding to pull the plug. The break happened uh, to coincide with the COVID pandemic and it probably would have been a perfect time as everyone was working from home and hanging out and looking for things to listen to. Uh, But there were a couple of things that uh, I think just was in the back of my mind and subconsciously making me less motivated to start the podcast and continue the podcast. One was that there was a growing body of excellent podcasts out there. And two was that as I was talking about uh, the COVID pandemic and I could see that things were going in a very controlling direction uh, became quite a liability to be outspoken and very quickly there were people uh, physicians that were losing their license or losing their practices because of having uh, even fairly minor deviations from the orthodoxy coming out of the CDC and I think I just wimped out There's no good explanation for it. And I I don't think it was a conscious decision. Uh, It was more of a, just a, you know, do I really want to keep pushing this uh, and kind of poking that bear? Because I have zero income from this podcast. It was just a, a fun little project. I never thought of monetizing it and uh, to all those people that have listened I very much appreciate it and uh, the app that I used to uh, upload and monitor the podcast was really fun because it had a map of all the different countries and locations that people were listening from now those could have just been VPNs uh, to uh, but it did seem that there was uh, several different countries that were represented and 2,500 unique listeners. And that's fun. Um, I really appreciated that. Uh, But I also, I just kind of realized that I had no specific leg up on anything in particular within the libertarian world. Um, the uh, Tom Woods podcast uh, puts out five episodes a week talking about both uh, current events and historical events Uh, the Part of the Problem podcast with Dave Smith adds the humor humor and swear words Um, so I wasn't going to go in that direction 
Jeff Deist and uh, Bob Murphy on the Human Action podcast is really excellent and up and coming as I think they really kind of honed down a great podcast with uh, a lot of both of them are very deep thinkers and very diligent thinkers and um, but also willing to kind of examine their own presuppositions and uh, biases I'm not willing to do that I'm always correct so that uh, puts a little hitch in the giddy up as far as how this podcast is potentially going to continue on so I also had started to try to reach out to some of the bigger names in the libertarian community to try to get them on the podcast and uh, just you know there's so many podcasts popping up that nobody was all that interested in uh, coming on and uh, I don't have a good solid solo podcast topic it was meant to be interviews and as the interviews became harder and harder to come by uh, became less and less fun and the thing that was fun was talking about medical and uh, government interventions into the medical marketplace and that became more and more dicey and more and more confusing so I took a long break but I wanted to come back put a nice little bow on it finish off the whole series and maybe talk about some of the things out there that I see developing and I really appreciate and uh, the quote that I chose the Ron Paul quote that I chose to open this show was specifically about democracy everybody's talking about democracy and evidently democracy is when people vote the way that you like and not just people voting but ultimately democracy is is just mob rule there is nothing magical or special about it um, it's five wolves and four sheep voting on what's for dinner so it uh, has become more and more the case that uh, the old uh, example of what Hayek talked about where the government becomes more powerful takes on more roles and the more roles that it takes on the less of a good job that it does and so it needs to have more bureaucrats and the more bureaucrats there are uh, they're not voted on uh, they're not accountable and the system becomes more and more mired down in red tape and so there's more and more of a desire to have stronger leaders more decisive decisions by a single leader and the more decisive decisions that need to be met that need to be made by a single leader um, the more and more the two sides are going to be arguing because now you're playing with uh, real uh, real outcomes 
that are actually impacting people and making a big difference in their lives. And so there's more and more skin in the game. Um, so the arguments are going to become fiercer and fiercer. And all of this was you know, predicted by an economist just looking at uh, human action and incentives. Um, what was that? 50, 60 years ago? I think Hayek won his Nobel Prize in the 70s. I can't remember. Anyway, that's what brings us to our situation today. And uh, it can always get worse. It can always get better. Um, but it certainly does seem that it has to do one or the other. This is not a sustainable status quo. Um, the inflation is ramping up and the dollar is hanging on as the reserve currency but there are several forces such as Russia and China and India kind of working amongst themselves to potentially come off of the uh, dollarized economy and um, potentially the foreign markets will stop using the dollar as an exchange uh, medium and then all of those dollars will come rushing home and 9% inflation will seem pretty quaint uh, so that's certainly one outcome um, there's others that are talking about uh, hopefully a um, peaceful dissolution of the United States or a um, national divorce uh, where uh, these uh, states that are arguing so much about what the federal government should do uh, such as the differences between you know Florida and California well they just go their own separate ways um, you know Texas as well these are massive economies massive land sizes uh, and they dwarf uh, I think almost all European countries so uh, there is no real uh, geological or economic or uh, political reason why they couldn't be their own separate entity and just have treaties with the uh, remaining United States so, you know, something like a national divorce would, you know, put some pressure on the United Fed United States federal government to shape up and start taking people people's concerns about uh, autonomy and um, uh, liberty and being able to uh, have more say over their dollars that they uh, produce and the lives that they run so uh, that would likely be a, uh, a a positive outcome in the long run uh, there's obviously uh, concerns uh, the United States was one of those uh, rare countries that had a violent civil war uh, losing some 700,000 people when there was only 
in the, I think in the millions of people, maybe uh, 10 million people in the whole United States. So a massive proportion of uh, the people in the United States died in that civil war. So the echoes of that, when anybody talks about national divorce, are always there. Um, but since then, there have been multiple uh, divisions of countries in a, a very safe and effective way. Uh, all of the Eastern Bloc of uh, Europe, when the Soviet Union collapsed, fell apart. Uh, the Ottoman Empire, uh, well, that's not a good example, is it? Because uh, that was just kind of chopped up by, uh, after World War I by the League of Nations and didn't really respect the uh, local people's desires to be in a country, and it's led to all sorts of conflicts over the years. So... Um, Let's just kind of stick with the uh, countries like former Soviet Union. In fact, since 1999, the number of countries has doubled in the world. And so obviously, it's possible and very likely that places can simply divide up um, become autonomous and under self-rule. With the pandemic, there's been a significant amount of uprooting and moving within the country itself. Good information on all of this would be at uh, nationaldivorce.com. But getting back to the podcast, I don't know that I'm really adding much new information. I'm not breaking any new grounds. Ron Paul still has an excellent podcast uh, himself, and that's quite remarkable considering his age. He's doing amazing things, uh, and he has had a, uh, an impressive life full of um, sticking with what he believed in and stating his truth and backing that up with uh, logic so I really do appreciate that. And he certainly opened my eyes and cured my apathy, as the old saying from his 2012 uh, or 28 runs of president. Um, one of the slogans back then. And I've been honored to have a lot of people on the podcast that were inspired by Ron Paul like Spike Cohen, who's just been killing it on uh, Twitter lately. Uh, he has a lot of very um, poignant and oftentimes hilarious uh, comments. Uh, so he's a great follow on uh, Twitter. One of my very early podcasts was with Connor Boyack of the Tuttle Twins when they had sold maybe 100,000 copies of the Tuttle Twins books and since then they have a little empire they have teen books, they have kids books they have baby books they have um, 
a cartoon uh, and it's uh, and they have a history book that's coming out I've utilized multiple of their books for my own kids and they really do put out a great um, project um, and one of the uh, most tragic things that has happened to my former guest is the donor sea guy, guy Gret Glyer uh, was murdered by some crazy guy just several months ago and um, so donor C is still going um, fortunately he had a good team it's still active and still a wonderful way to, to donate money my corona podcast with the uh, Swedish guy talking about how Sweden was doing was very prescient uh, because Sweden has the lowest excess mortality there was just a study that came out and in, in Europe they have the lowest excess mortality so it uh, certainly seems like they played that right and we had kind of talked about how uh, that was likely what was going to play out or at the very least be in the middle of the group even I was surprised that they had the lowest excess mortality instead of just being average and not being able to tell a difference between the people that had hard lockdowns and the people that uh, like Sweden that were more laissez-faire um, Professor CJ of the Dangerous History Podcast has now left teaching and is able to just do the Dangerous History Podcast and I think that's absolutely wonderful the great Scott Horton has put out several books since I last spoke with him and is continuing to be more and more influential in the um, uh, conversation with his strong anti-war stance backed by mountains and mountains of evidence. Alan Mosley and Pete Quinones uh, continue to put out their podcast. Jimmy Morrison at Let Us Disagree com was mentioned by Peter Schiff on the uh, Joe Rogan podcast and he has uh, his next movie called The Bigger Bubble is out which builds on the, the housing bubble movie and of course episode 4 was with Michael Heiss of the Libertarian Mises Caucus and the Mises Caucus basically took over the Libertarian Party for a more uh, principled libertarian party, more focused on local uh, elections, uh, building a solid base, and uh, really honing down the messaging to things that are uh, achievable. And uh, it's been a dramatic rise in uh, Michael Heiss's um, uh, popularity and impact on the libertarian community uh, since I had him on in 2019 and so I guess I'll take credit for that so I guess the uh, podcast was was worth doing I had a lot of fun doing it and um, I may uh, venture forth into a more uh, medical exclusive podcast but as we go forward into this 
um, world that's becoming more and more chaotic, I would just like to remind everyone to really pay attention to their own status quo bias, where just because the way that things have been uh, doesn't mean that that's an ideal way for them to be. And that um, family and friends are in community is what is uh, the most important. And uh, you know, worldly possessions can um, be um, left if need be and you can move to a safer place if need be don't get so bogged down in the idea that you know this is where i have to be this is where i'm meant to be if things do start to really go south um really keep a, an eye out for uh, various options i'm looking at you know various things and trying to have a kind of a formalized list of, of things to look for um, in the United States before uh, I decide to move out. Um, or, And that would include uh, both things happening in the U.S. and things happening elsewhere. If some other place becomes dramatically more free and open, um, then you know that could uh, push a decision to uh, bail uh, or if everywhere else stays um, fairly kind of quasi oppressive as everything is right now but the u.s becomes much more oppressive then it would be uh, time to to head on out um, it's all about that uh, that difference that that uh, I guess uh, you'd call it uh, uh, delta of oppression. <laughs> so um, I, I think in I have kids, in particular a boy, but now even girls might get drafted. Um, but they're in that uh, adolescent period. But looking forward, you know, five, six, seven years. If there's anything like a draft, I'm out of here, uh, taking them with me. Um, the idea that uh, the the government has a a say in uh, forcing people to go fight and die, uh, particularly uh, the the young people, is is uh, ridiculous. You know, oh, children are our future, so let's use them as cannon fodder. Um, you know, one of those things that, if it wasn't just uh, already the status quo, if there was no draft, there'd never been a history of a draft, and somebody just came up with it, you would think, well, this person is obviously crazy and demented. That it doesn't sound like a, a anything that would be morally justified that uh, some third-party organization just because 51% of the people voted uh, for whoever's in charge 
they can just scoop up all the 17 to 25 year olds and make them go fight in something that they don't believe in and there's uh, uh, always obscured evidence as if as to if this is even a justified war so uh, that would certainly be one of my uh, big lines in the sand and I just encourage everyone to keep their their uh, options and their uh, minds flexible when you think about any type of country or area and you take a normal lifespan 7500 years and you just pick a country and you look at 75 years and you just move that 75 years sliding it around that country's history and see if you can find you know whatever country it is 75 years where there's no significant turmoil it's pretty rare uh, it's very likely that at some point um, in your life you're going to have to make some significant decisions because there's turmoil it can be you know some kind of a natural disaster it can be a man-made disaster you know, wars uh, it can be all sorts of things so just because we've had some relative stability in the United States um, for quite a while uh, doesn't mean that that's a guarantee a a good book to read is The Black Swan um, by, oh, what is, I can't pronounce it, Nassim Tlaib, I think, um, who's a mathematician. And you don't even have to read the whole thing. I would recommend it, but just even the beginning where he talks about growing up in Lebanon, that was this very kind of um, you know progressive, multicultural, a worldly kind of place that was the hub of of uh, financial institutions and um, literary and science and um, within you know ten years they were having a religious war which in, in looking up uh, the the history of that area it would seem like one of the least likely places in the Middle East to have that happen um, and yet it happened so there's always um, there's always that chaos there's always those tipping points uh, that uh, can happen and I think Ron Paul was right to focus his uh, campaigns on getting the message out getting the ideas of freedom and liberty individual rights and individual responsibilities and trying to find that remnant of people those people who are disaffected and not interested in politics um, but are interested in uh, kind of forming communities the ideas that uh, can change the world and that being a method for uh, moving the world in a positive direction instead of just focusing on you know electing a politician 
when you really look at the idea that it's a representative democracy. So that means that, one, you're voting, and you have to get you know 51% of the vote, but that just picks a person, and that person isn't held or bound to go on their campaign solutions or the campaign promises. Uh, it's just some some guy or gal that is, uh, you know, has a strong history of likely lying just to win, and uh, and then they just feed on this in-group, out-group bias, whether you're Democrat or Republican. Oh, you got to hate the other side because they're going to do you harm when, you know, really, there's very little difference between the two sides. It's all a big show, all a bunch of fear-mongering to rile up the base. And as more and more uh, government policies are building this larger and larger leviathan of government, uh, there's going to be more and more division more and more fear-mongering, and hopefully that can just kind of dissipate as people start to focus more and more on their local communities, local states, allowing for national divorce if um, uh, some states choose to, you know, assert their federalism and uh, you know, negate the federal rules, uh, whether it's in uh, firearms like Montana's done, or whether it's in marijuana like almost every country or every state has done. Um, so there are, are, are certainly ways that uh, local places can kind of find uh, find their voice, uh, even in a controlling, overarching. Uh, top-down government model so hopefully that'll be the case and we don't have to all just uh, go off to try to find our own little uh, free city or seasteading gulch gulch uh, you know whatever it is where the <laughs> little remnant of those that believe in individual liberty are going to be uh, forced off to hopefully it's not a work camp yeah we'll see right all right with that cheerful note uh, i thank you all for coming along for the ride and i certainly thank ron paul for the uh, wonderful example of being an honest politician and being a steadfast defender of liberty and for that I will always honor Ron Paul. This concludes the Honor and Ron Paul podcast.